Are you ready? Why not, eh? No! I said, are you ready? Yeah, baby! <laughs> You are listening to the Goof Norton Radio Show. Voila. Hey everybody, my name is Goof Norton and welcome back to another broadcast of the Goof Norton Radio Show. Today, we have with us for the first time on since we've gotten uh, sponsored on Anchor and since we've been distri- distributed on these eight new platforms, we have... A special guest from from YouTube. It is uh, DeBoss Gaming. Uh, yeah, hey, how's it going, everybody? It's it's great to be back here on the podcast. It's uh, it's really good, actually. I enjoy doing these. And today we've got some um, we've got some we've got we're gonna dig we're gonna dig a little bit. Um, we're we're going back to YouTube, digging back into it a little bit because it's been a while. It's been some years since we've started um our own journeys on YouTube and then just oh, yeah. being on YouTube in general. It's been, it's been crazy. Um, so we're, 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 oh my talking, God. We're, we're talking about content creation and how it's changed over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you something that you just brought up like a second ago is true. Cause I believe, I don't know exactly when you started goof, but I do know I officially got into YouTube more in I believe 2016. And I can tell you over the past going on five years now, the landscape of YouTube has changed so much from the type of content that you see, from the policies, from how people grow, and just the YouTube audience and YouTubers in general. Everything has completely changed. It's not like it was back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Um, I started, what did I start? Like, back in 2014, and then mostly 2015. 2014 is just when the first video was posted. But 2015 is kind of when I really got into it. And, um yeah. Just from a from from my perspective as a creator, um, that definitely has changed. Uh, oh. We've gotten new little features and whatnot on YouTube, but uh, in 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 the terms of content, considering that we both do you know gaming related things, it has definitely been a bit harder in these in these upcoming years. Um, yeah, honestly, it has. My gosh, because YouTube the YouTube I- doesn't have control. There, first of all, they don't have control of their algorithm, which is when I when they said that, I was like. Good job, guys. Good, good freaking job. Yeah, it's <laughs> great a software you guys got going over there at YouTube HQ. <laughs> uh, wonderful people over there at YouTube. Oh, absolutely. They're they're all beautiful people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, and and that 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 alone. And so when I so I think Markiplier did a video of it, and he he said it. Um, a lot he said it he just right out said it youtube didn't want what doesn't want gaming to be the the doesn't want to be front and center anymore they don't want it to be front and center on 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 their platform anymore so no it's and that's the crazy thing i've noticed too because i remember years ago back whenever like gaming content was the bread and butter of youtube that was the big thing whether it be that minecraft let's play that you remember pewdiepie doing or frankly any creator at the time Gaming is what put YouTube on the map. It's what helped grow it to the platform it is today. Gaming is probably one of the most prolific forms of content and one of the most diverse forms of content you can have on YouTube. You can do Let's Plays, gameplay analysis videos, Easter eggs, reviews. You can stream it on Twitch. You can re-upload clips on YouTube. Gaming is such a diverse thing here on the platform. And the crazy thing is, the fact that YouTube wants to do away with a main staple is baffling to me. But my personal theory behind this is, even though YouTube knows that gaming was a big staple what put it on the map in the first place like i mentioned before 
the type of content that's being produced now by creators mm-hmm. is something that is more family friendly, something that's more, I should say, advertiser friendly, actually, because mm-hmm. kid friendly stuff has been nixed over the years. It, YouTube is more diversified into something that will please the advertisers, because as many incidents have shown over the past few years and even recently last year that this landscape of content gaming just doesn't seem to fit much anymore. That's not even counting the oversaturation that has happened over the past few years as well, because again, because it's so big here, what type of content creator has appeared the most gaming gaming is one of the biggest examples of that. Yep. Um, from people like PewDiePie for people like, you know, Markiplier and, um, well, back in the day, Van Oss was, was pretty, still was pretty big. Um, and, uh, to see this, because I because I've seen at least from Mark's perspective, I know him, him and the uh, group of people he he does record with. They've kind of moved over to streaming to Twitch and then re-uploading those uh, gameplays to, onto YouTube. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what it's boiled down to. Uh, yeah, because they can't just do the you do the YouTube thing anymore because that that doesn't that just doesn't work anymore because of uh from, no, from everything you've said they don't YouTube is just like nah we're just you guys aren't allowed to be in the front anymore which is it's ridiculous. Um, the, the amount of success in the communities that they built around around gaming and around uh, around themselves, it's just like, why why would you take that away? Or at least why would you push that to the back burner? You know, it, it's it's always been such a wonderful thing to find on YouTube. And it's been such an open and creative thing because I've seen um, a lot of animations kind of spawn from this, like TF2 animations and things like that. But it's still mm-hmm. all related to gaming. So it's like, why would you take it away? Yeah, it, it doesn't make much sense at the end of the day either. It's like YouTube almost shooting themselves in the foot because you, gaming is one of those types of things that attracts people to the site in the first place. Gaming is one of the biggest industries in existence. And again, that is a main staple of YouTube. When people make YouTube videos, most of the time it's been gaming from what I've observed in the small YouTuber community, for example. Most of the videos that I've seen, aside from other genres you may encounter, have all been gaming related. A lot of the biggest creators here on the platform got big because of gaming in the first place, both those that are currently doing it and those who are off the platform. And that kind of leads me to something else, too, considering how gaming is... The thing that helped YouTube the most, I think, like video genre wise, mm-hmm. my running theory with especially as far as gaming goes is because, like you mentioned before, and that's an interesting point. A lot of YouTubers now are turning to Twitch and whatnot to game and to post streams and whatnot, because at the end of the day, because YouTube has pushed away gaming so much because they want more advertiser friendly videos. If you're not hyped up about some kids show and you're not sponsored by, I don't even know, honey, like throughout the entire video with right. the entire video being an ad bar, right. you know, it YouTube just doesn't care about those videos. And, as a result of that, YouTubers that are big now that do gaming content, they can't make as much revenue without that. Mm-hmm. So where else are they forced to turn? Somewhere like Twitch, where they can get donations, and they could maybe make some money posting the streams. Which, in from a business perspective, that makes sense. But it just goes to show how tight it's gotten, especially in the gaming scene. Right, um, and I do have some personal uh, experience with that. So for... People don't know any, anything about my YouTube history. A while ago, YouTube kind of, I got banned from AdSense, uh, which is what Google partners with to, to give people ad revenue money, things like that. And and a bunch of people, this was happening to a bunch of people back then. And it happened recently mm. in 2018, I think, on Mark, on a Mark Plark stream, where he was asking people to um, uh, spam 
red or green emojis to say yes or no to a certain oh, idea or something like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he made a he yeah. made that video afterwards. Oh, and a lot of people's like that's people's you know livelihoods that are getting banned and all that kind of stuff. And YouTube can't couldn't control that. But uh, as it pertains to me, that kind of ruined the YouTube journey for me, and I kind of uh, backed off and stopped uploading as much, and my videos weren't as passionate, and that was that kind of upset me. But here I am going to Twitch now to start streaming and whatnot because i i do know quite a few twitch streamers and i'm able to i was able to hit like 70 followers with in a few weeks of starting streaming i'm like how some of those streamers i are some of those followers i earned without even doing a single thing but with streaming now mm. it's just it's 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 at least for me from my perspective being a youtube baby i guess you could say um quote unquote it it's <laughs> It seems it seems to be a little bit more accepting, a little bit more welcoming because now I don't have to worry about so much as like, okay, what what's the plan? Do I have to, you know, what kind of video am I going to record? I can just play whatever game I want to, and people will watch. People will watch it. And yes, making money is a lot. I think is a lot easier on on Twitch because the requirements are low. Uh, specifically, you need mm. to have at least fifty followers, at least uh, three average viewers within the last thirty days, and then. It's like, I don't know, 20 hours of watch time from the audience. So the requirements compared to YouTube are, like, easy. Oh, yeah. You just get a few Jeez friends Louise. to watch, and you're just like, hey, I got it. <laughs> so Yeah, you start making some money. I mean, it might be pennies at first, but you're still making easier money than YouTube. Right, because, again, like you said, the sponsorships, and I'm like, it's it's to get a sponsorship, you uh -huh. need to be somebody. You really need to have, uh -huh. you need to either be somebody really popular or show great potential, which is, for a lot of small YouTubers, well, pff, nothing. You got you really got nothing there. No, you don't. And, that, and, and that's the sad thing, too, because that kind of ties into, like, how YouTube content has shifted and how creators have been heavily impacted over the years. Gaming is a fantastic example of this, like we mentioned already, mm -hmm. because YouTube has emphasized, I don't want to say family-friendly content because of that stuff that happened before with children's videos and attracting other sorts of individuals, but yeah. for the sake of fairness for the argument, it's true. It's more family-friendly oriented content. As in, YouTubers like Filthy Frank from back in the day, like 2016, yep. those YouTubers would never make it again today. Like, It's a good thing that content exists and people can look back on it because it would never survive in today's YouTube landscape. Mm -hmm. Because of all the controversies that have gone down with various YouTubers and various incidents throughout the media and other places... It has made it a lot harder to do stuff like that on YouTube. And there's a very fine line, which kind of ties into YouTube's censorship and the algorithm and whatnot being out of control. A good genre, I think, of YouTube video to kind of get into that would be the commentary scene. Because the commentary scene has been one of the most divided when it comes to what kind of videos YouTube has been allowing them to share. If you have a fair video where you're critiquing somebody for doing something somewhat scummy and you present it in an organized fashion without mentioning anything, you know, insulting to any group or anyone for that matter, then that's fair. That's something that should be there because criticism, good and bad, should exist, I think, openly on the platform. Mm -hmm censorship to a certain degree depending on what it is sure like protecting certain people's identities in certain situations absolutely but in general those kinds of videos should exist they always have but it seems like the past few years youtube has really cracked down on the commentary scene as well with a lot of youtubers videos getting falsely flagged for hate speech when that wasn't the case there was one youtuber um 
I don't remember the specific incident, but I think a good example to be someone could be critiquing a parking garage and how poorly constructed it is, and they use the wrong kind of cones, and someone could flag the video and get it taken down because for hate speech, because they insulted orange traffic cones. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. it sounds stupid. Yeah. I mean, absolutely it does, but it's the same kind of idea. Anyone nowadays can claim anything, and YouTube's system immediately is like, oh, dang, they, this video is terrible. This is insulting, and they take it down. And that just goes to show further, too, like, again, using commentary as an example, how far YouTube's algorithm and, like, what videos you can show, just how restrictive it's gotten. And gaming's the same way. Right, right. Because um, I, I, I definitely noticed that when we had to start changing with my with the uploads, you had to actually. We now have to mark it if it's meant for kids or not. Um, uh -huh. And they started implementing the whole. You can't swear in the first minute of the episode. And it's like, oh, what, what? Because, like you said, back in the day, YouTube was kind of like very unrestricted. Like back in, let's say 20, 2012, 2013, 14, when I started watching YouTube. Um, mm. YouTube was the humor was centered was centered around like kind of dark humor and just kind of whatever you could pretty much say whatever obviously you can't go too racist or that'll be you get banned but like you would just kind of you say whatever but nowadays it's like why why I wonder why YouTube even bothered with that kind of censorship because some some creators like you know like Mark or PewDiePie or whoever you know their audiences are like fifteen year olds people who are in high school sometimes and sometimes older some but uh, and sometimes younger, but at the same time, those creators are known for that. They like, Hey, these creators are known for certain types of language sometimes. And if, and if that happens, that happens. I don't think it should be, they should have to necessarily censor themselves. I mean, like they've been like this for years uh, and the community loves them for, you know, for what they produced. Um, and they produce great content. Like even I've, uh, I've, I've enjoyed them over the years as they've grown and as they've changed, um, but I don't think stopping them from swearing in, in, in a first minute of the video is really going to prevent much. You're not going to protect children because <laughs> they could still swear in the rest of the video. So, you know, there you go. Because even <clears throat> sorry, even threatening to take away their monetization because of that kind of thing. It's just like, what? Why? Why, YouTube? Why? Why? If you want to find friendly, fem, family friendly content creators, you can look around and you'll find them. Even me, I don't swear. Yeah, my, like even me, I don't swear in my videos. I, I try to make sure I keep it clean. So, but you can find plenty, yeah. plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of content out there. I mean, my gosh, there's plenty of YouTubers out there that deliberately keep it clean, so to speak, that don't have any kind of swearing or profanity in there. So that rule, by extent, just seems completely unnecessary, yep. especially within the first minute of the video. And it's another. Interesting thing, too, that I think you'd briefly mentioned to me in the past that kind of got me thinking a little bit. With YouTube now, with the way that the algorithms changed and what kinds of videos are being allowed and restricted, that kind of... Actually, no. That, that more than leads into what kind of content will make you a quote-unquote famous YouTuber and kind of how that's changed over the years. Mm -hmm. Because back in the day, when YouTube first started up, getting a million subscribers was a huge milestone. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal now, because absolutely it is. Yeah. If any of like me or Goof would make it, I, that would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be a fantastic thing. Right. But nowadays, as YouTube's evolved and more and more people have become involved on the platform and diversifying more and more content, for better or worse... Hitting a million now, and I think a good a YouTuber I heard once quote this, hitting a million subscribers now is now the equivalent of hitting a 100,000 as far as celebrating it. Mm -hmm. Still a good achievement, but it's not as 
prolific as what it once was. And that's not a good or that's not like a bad thing. But I'm not people's perceptions of it have been warped because now everyone doesn't think it's a huge achievement or anything else because it's gotten so easy for people again for better or worse to achieve major subscriber milestones just because of how much the platforms evolved into the media and to branch out into television shows and famous celebrities and all this other stuff plus more and more people discovering youtube as the years have gone on what infuriates me the most about it i think isn't the fact that it's easier quote-unquote easier for people to achieve uh like a million subscriber milestone. It's the people, it's some of the people who do achieve it. Now, there are people on this platform that are hardworking. They, hard, they were working hard from day one, people that joined on within the past few years and have made great accomplishments, and they work hard, and their, their public image is pretty clean, and they seem like genuinely good people who make good content. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I need to tell you this, Goof, because I think we've talked about this in episodes in the past, like years ago, <laughs> where there are people who make certain types of content that don't deserve the stuff that they get. Yeah. They don't deserve the subscribers or the money they achieve. Yeah. And I think and I think that's what's helped um, those people grow, too, as well as that stereotype of hitting a million, because there are people that steal content from the media for movies and re-upload it. Mm. There's people who make cheap animations like the johnny johnny videos from 2018 for example it, it, it just it just goes to show it, that landscape's changed too here yeah uh, i'm not gonna lie i might have laughed at one of those animations but we're not gonna talk about that um, <laughs> <laughs> um figures your sense of humor is that low <laughs> this is what quarantine does to you <laughs> so let me get on that we're just gonna get on that um but like yeah like it is it is <sighs> It is definitely the perspectives have definitely been warped and changed because um, uh, knowing as many people as I have on the platform as as the years have gone on. I don't know if you know uh, uh, Star Princess HLC. I've seen her around the community. I think I may have talked with her a few times, yeah, she, but I'm familiar with the creator. I remember her from uh, years ago. Um, she she just now she's just now this she like not not this year last year she's just now hitting 600 subscribers and she's been on the site probably as long as i have if not longer actually let me take a look at her channel really quickly she joined wow YouTube congratulations in, to her for that though yeah she joined youtube in 2008 i don't know how long she's been uploading but that to now just now be hitting that Dude. that number of subscribers is it tells you about how hard it is and she's put she puts effort into her video she has been uploading consistently she mm -hmm. has been doing doing the work on it and tweeting about this stuff like so I, I i though i don't post as much on youtube as i used to i still follow the people who um who i've met over the years and yeah she's she's been freaking killing it and it's and she does gaming content so funny that's kind of why i keep up with these people but it's it's insane to see like she just now just now hitting 600 subs when there's people who like post some stupid quick TikTok re-upload maybe on YouTube yeah. and they'll get a million views and, and get like a hundred thousand subscribers from that. I'm like, what? Excuse me? So I don't, the way content is, is viewed and absorbed by um, the audience is just confusing. I, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I've even tried bringing back Let's Plays because I'm like, screw it. I don't care about content anymore. I'll just make what I want to make. So... That's kind of where I'm sitting at right now, to be honest. But yeah, from what I was saying before, uh, it was a good thing that you'd mentioned that too, because I kind of have something similar to that as well. When it comes to, I think YouTube as a whole as well, 
it influences not just the type of content that you want to create, but I think it influences the mind of the creator realizing kind of what you can and can't post. Because most of the videos I remember over the past few years on the DeBoss channel that was the main one that I started up, I think, in 2015. I didn't seriously get into it until like about early 2016, late 2015. I always go with that range because that's when I started making videos that I was somewhat serious about back in those days. But a lot of the content that I had created was gaming stuff and whatnot. Now, those could have been improved here and there. But the big thing for me was like making skit content and like comedy stuff, which actually helped grow a following on the channel. There's like a lot of key people that enjoy those kinds of videos that I do. And even when I occasionally post videos on there, they're still there, which is fantastic. But it made me realize, though, more and more over time, like for me personally, that's the kind of content that when I was younger, when I was in a different position in life, I enjoyed doing. But it got to the point now where I'm like, I'm older now. My passions have changed. My likes and dislikes have changed. Right. And I don't feel like pouring milk on myself every video anymore. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I just can't do it. <laughs> Which was a fun fact. I did that for like two or three different, no, three different videos that I, I did that bit in. And... Hey, you know, I don't really regret it looking back because it was just part of the channel history, but my gosh, it, just looking back on it now. But that was just the kind of stuff that I enjoyed making, and I still like making skit content, but I've incorporated it more into like my gaming stuff. A passion of mine that's formed over the past like two, one to two years, I'd say about two years now, was retro gaming and retro gaming collecting. Not just retro, but modern stuff too. The gaming scene is really where my passion is, and I enjoy making videos. Whether it be doing collaborations with people like Goof, like discussing games, whether it be doing game reviews of old and new games, whether it be doing discussions of things in the gaming industry or just gaming-related videos, period. My attitude kind of shifted on the types of content that I liked, and that's part of the reason I'm like on the DeBoss channel over the past, I would say, about a year now. It's been, I've been uploading here and there, but it's been like a few months at some points that I would do it. Rather, I've been uploading more and more on my Nostalgia Factor channel, which is the second channel I made specifically for retro gaming content. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, that's kind of where, that's where my passion is. I enjoy doing skit video, like skit content and stuff, but I enjoy doing those, incorporating them into a game review, making them fun toward what I'm reviewing as far as like a game goes. And I think YouTube as a whole has kind of helped change that perspective with me as well because of what audiences have kind of shifted because there's more people now on the internet more than ever. If you look back like two, three years ago, I don't know if there's any statistics available online, but there's more people online now, I'm sure, than what there was then. And that kind of attitude of what people like to see has changed as well, whether it be the bigger creators or even small YouTube community. The bottom line is, though, I think, at the end of the day, when it comes to the creators themselves, I think YouTube changing landscape has kind of helped to burn out a few creators, too. And I noticed this over the past few years. A lot of creators that I've watched, both big and small, have taken longer breaks and have voiced more and more concerns over the YouTube landscape. And that's something I think YouTube's kind of pushed with its activities over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, it, it def they, yeah, they've been definitely doing that. Um... I know that, uh, like you, my passions have changed over the years, and uh, for a while this this show was just about doing gaming news. I would go on the web, or go on the internet, search up to, you know a few different uh, gaming news websites, and just do do the reports. Ah, uh, uh, I remember those videos. Oh my! 
after a while, I, I kind of got, I was like, man, I'm getting burnt out. I kind of hate this because I, I wasn't passionate about the games that I was reporting on. Like, because it, 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 it'd be random. You know, if you get Fortnite news, you get Fortnite news. If you get like Rainbow Six Siege news, you get Siege news. Um, so if it wasn't a game that I liked, if it's like Apex Legends, I don't freaking play Apex. So I don't know anything about Apex, Le- Apex Legends. Um, so I switched it to just talking. And I mean, just straight up talking, whatever was on my mind that day that's what i talk about now and that's that gets up first of all that produces a lot better results because a lot more people now are hearing the podcast and they're enjoying that um and then you know occasionally when i get a guest or like you or somebody else like i can go back to gaming for a little bit because i still enjoy gaming but uh talking about it in the in the way that i was was kind of just monotonous and boring but uh but now when i get guests like you i can just kind of enjoy myself and chillax and and uh we can talk about games all day long and I don't care. It's not news, yeah. but it's still, it's still a very relaxed platform. So I, I say it's more passion in that case. Yeah. It's, it's very, very, very much passion now. And now I can, you know, start to come back and upload these to YouTube if uh, as, you know, as often as I please. Um, but yeah, YouTube does, YouTube has definitely influenced that, that change. Uh, Cause once my content stopped getting, you know the the views and whatnot and because i was doing let's plays back in the day and once that stopped being so popular i was just like well what am i gonna do now well, i need i need something else to do but i started the podcast like the year after i started yeah the year after i started youtube because i was like well this seems like fun let's do that and as as the landscape of youtube has changed so has the show so this has been definitely um I could say I, I'll call it a plus. I'll call I'll give YouTube props for that. They they definitely helped a positive yeah. change in in that scenario. So, I I would agree with that too. YouTube has definitely had some. It's not all negative and whatnot. And I think what we've talked about so far isn't like there's some negative capacities there, but it's not all bad, like doom and gloom or anything. It's just we're stating facts. Like so far, it's been nothing but facts. YouTube has changed in all these ways, and the impacts not just from us, but from creators in general, both big and small. Um, and it's happened everywhere. But I think I do agree with you too, though. It helped inspire me as well, actually, in like a few different ways when it came to the shifting content that I was more interested in doing, especially when it came down to different activities that I like got involved in. For example, one thing I really loved and one thing Goof actually inspired me with years ago uh, was with podcasts and whatnot. Now, were the podcast episodes I did good? Absolutely not. They were all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> recorded on a terrible background terrible audio quality that you could go back to those videos and they are all awful but do i regret them no because i did some really great videos with some cool people like goof our friend uh, master of the tds um he was a fantastic i had did a few videos with him i also did a video with a youtuber called smelly cheese Emilio. he's a guy i've known him for a few years here on youtube actually um that kind of leads into the one of the main things i'm doing on youtube now i'm also uh I help Emilio run the uh, Smelly Cheese, uh, not Smelly Cheese, the uh, Trash Talk podcast. Where me and Emilio do our own podcast together, which mm-hmm. has been a fun experience. Because I've been on that podcast. Emilio invited me on, I think, over a year ago now. And we've done an entire season and starting to do a season four right now, which has been a fun experience. But it's helped diversify the content and whatnot that I've been doing. I never thought that I would be like helping host a podcast. Like I never thought that never did. I think that I would be as interested as I was. And again, goof helped inspire that. Cause you were the one creator that I had met early on that actually not only loved doing podcasts, but did them well. And that was something rare to see. And it's honestly something rare to see now when it comes to that kind of content too. 
See, you said because well, I, and and I I look back and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> so, I think you did well, if I'm honest. Look, back in those days before I discovered the magic of video editing and showing up really late for live streams, and <laughs> which that. I'm. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, I think, I don't know if this is your longest live stream or not. It was about a four and a half, five hour live stream we did with a, another content creator, uh, Pion Slayer. Oh. They were on there, I think, for like two or three hours. I took like an hour to show up because I didn't know how to join Google Hangouts. <laughs> and by the oh time goodness. that I did, by the time I did join up, my I, my face was literally right in the camera and I was looking at it. I was on like an iPod at the time and I was like, hey guys, how's it going? I, that was my first time ever on a live stream. It was so awkward. Goodness, that was funny. That, <laughs> that is still my longest it was funny live about. stream ever and that took four, oh my gosh, yes. four and a half hours to do. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though i'm not gonna lie yeah, i mean that is, my god still one of my that was like one of the oh yeah i mean as messy as it was because i look like i know how you mentioned you look back on your podcast and you're like what the fudge happened here mm -hmm. and i look back on like collaborations i did like that early on and i'm like what the fudge happened to me i look like a hippie for one and <laughs> I was like, you can tell how inexperienced I was in those videos. They were awful. Like, in the early ones that I did weren't even edited, which is insane in itself. Looking back, like, how did I think this was good content at the time? Somehow it still worked, though, until I actually started to edit, like, a few years back. But, I mean, I think, and that's something beautiful I think YouTube does, too. Like, for all the things with the platform, it holds a really good recollection of, like, memories and whatnot. Mm -hmm with like other content creators or like you get to see where you come from. And that's something I think YouTube does well, no matter how screwed up their policies are, unless the site gets blasted completely off the face of the earth, yeah. those videos are archived forever. And that's something beautiful to look back on for your YouTube career, the people that you met that you become friends with and just how much you evolved. Having said that though, that leads to another thing for YouTube that I remember we had mentioned briefly before. And it's something that YouTube has really emphasize more and that would be the drama seed mm. that's a big thing that's been how that is something that has helped kill youtube i think a little bit too especially when it comes to videos being restricted adsense being all over the place and certain types of content and certain uh, genres like gaming or commentary being completely affected oh yeah i remember what was it um hold on i'm, I'm looking it up right now on youtube because i have to remember uh to see who the creator was because we did, I remember specifically we did a podcast about, I don't know who that guy's name was, but he... Grade A Under A. I remember yes. that podcast very, very well. Oh, that was, that was some drama and that was some, that was some stuff there because he... Had yeah, absolutely it was. ...been uh, going after PewDiePie and Markiplier. I don't know if there's another one or not. But... Matthew Santoro. Now, of that original video, like, Santoro at the time, I think was a bit exaggerated, but... He was accused of plagiarism and stuff, but this, I mean, that's an entirely different situation in itself. What you, if you think that's plagiarism, that's up to your interpretation. Right. But the stuff that he said about like Mark, like Markiplier and PewDiePie was com like, I don't complete, especially Markiplier was at a left field for no reason. Like why? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm like, it, it's cause like the man has done nothing but, you know, uh, been honest and been humble with his community over the years including not not including all the charity work he's already he's already been doing um oh yeah but it's i don't know being they being that famous honestly it comes with those those kind of issues honestly um 
and people will just uh, people come after you for for whatever reason. They see you doing something good, though. The people will hate you for it. I don't know. Internet, freaking great. <laughs> That's what I've learned. I, I mean, I find ironic about that too. I mean, like the three creators that were criticized in that video, they're still making stuff on the platform. Markiplier and PewDiePie are obvious ones. Santoro is still doing videos. Friday is not. It's like he he quit YouTube like some time back. Yeah. Not, so I wonder just why. goes to show how long that lasted for. Yeah. I'm sure he got a lot of. Hmm, uh, I wonder. Hey, I'm sure he got a lot of uh, hate mail for that for that video. Um. Oh, um, I think he did actually. <laughs> but that is just that's just. A... I, I briefly remembered like. Go ahead. No, I was just say I just remember the like dislike ratio in the video. It wasn't good. <laughs> it um, but that is just like a small version of like of, of what the drama scene had been looking like on on YouTube at least at that time. Um. Nowadays, I don't know what is even happening. It's it's insane when it comes to that. Because I remember, like years ago, back during that time period, like around the time Goof and I like did that one podcast episode together. Um, one of I think the biggest, like most controversial creators ever on YouTube is like Leafy is here. If for those of you who remember who that is, mm. but he was like one of the. I think the most controversial YouTubers ever on the site. There was drama like that going on all the time. It was nothing but exposed videos, calling people out, investigations being launched, police being called, harassment. There was just people made whole videos off of that constantly, whether it be leafy, drama alert, and there was the occasional tussle with other creators like most re in most recent years, H3H3, which I'm not getting into the politics of it, but I'm saying is those videos were really big back in those days on YouTube. Nowadays, it seems like diss tracks are apparently the norm now for calling people out <laughs> or making documentary-style videos like dismantling people's arguments or just straight-up calling them a pedophile or some kind of criminal and then encouraging people to call the police on them. It, it happens all the time now, and it doesn't give YouTube a great rep. I mean, there's a few specific examples that have happened within the past little while, and that kind of shattered YouTube, too. Yeah, so with that also um, comes that... So that's where also social media comes into play when it comes to being a content creator over on YouTube. Because um, I am... I'm, I'm on Twitter now for the promotion of the podcast and, and all my other business ventures that, I, that, that are going on that we talked about beforehand. Um... But I've noticed that that is it's so, so, so easy to get creators canceled nowadays, um, uh -huh. especially it doesn't matter where you are. You could be on Reddit. You could be on Twitter, Facebook, whatever you choose to your social media platform is. Um, it's so easy to influence just a lot of people based off of little known, uh, little known, quote unquote, facts that are most likely somebody else's opinion of them. Um that they can just, if you can get a bunch of idiots together, round it up, which is so easy, uh, you can shout whatever you want, and people will be like, I believe that. Like, that person, yeah, that person's probably a pedophile. That person's maybe probably a racist, but there's no real evidence of it, and we're just accusing them just because. And that just, it explodes from there. And it's just like, why all this hate, why is all this hate spawning out of nowhere? Because people maybe have, don't have anything better to do. I don't know. It's the freaking internet. I... I have a theory on that, too. I think people, for one thing, audiences are very easy to manipulate when it comes to a big creator oh, yeah. that is used to doing that kind of thing. They can tell someone, this guy set fire to an orphanage, and then people, their audience would believe and then go hate all their videos. <laughs> I think a major reason is, I think it's both for personal, like one YouTuber, I think, that would do that in a situation would be 
it would be a personal thing if they didn't like the creator. But I also think it's a business venture, too, for a lot of these people. Because they know the video is going to get a lot of views. They're going to get ads because YouTube still promotes stuff like that. Which is an ironic thing, considering how damaging it is to the right. site. And YouTube themselves have stated over and over again that we don't want this type of content. Yet that type of content, and I mean specific videos, are completely monetized and they use it as a business venture they make a ton of money because they know people are going to watch it if they put some clickbait title in there calling somebody out they're going to make a lot of money they're going to get it off the ad revenue they're going to get it off the watch time and they're going to get it off the reception because people are going to subscribe to their channel and then those people are going to go back and watch their other videos and check them out and they'll get more money that way mm -hmm. i think for a lot of these people who make these videos i think it's also a business venture too it's a little bit of business and some personal stuff in there that's a that is a fair statement um yeah because they can milk that for all it's worth honestly and they do um huh. Oh, crap, I just had another quick thought. Oh, so, and this is also adds to the drama part. You will have, so, this is kind of out of left field, but the, the, the fans and the audience, because you said audi audiences are easily manipulated, um, especially of those of the party that is at fault. That, the defenders of that, of that bad content creator who is actually guilty um, and not being falsely accused, boy, oh boy, have I had experiences with that. <laughs> That has been, um, there's been quite a few YouTubers over the years that uh, have been called out for actually being wrong, and I'm not going to mention a lot of names because I don't want them to uh, get popular, but, you know, a couple couple people, maybe, uh, you know, an, an LP, if that makes sense to anybody, if anybody can <laughs> understand that, but, like, the people who defend these these YouTubers, even though they're clearly in the wrong and, and you know, obviously should be punished, that just... It baffles me every for every freaking time. It baffles me of like, how do you defend someone who was legitimately wrong and has been proven wrong? The evidence is there. They like they might have outed themselves and they can even say, yeah, they can even say themselves. Hey, yeah, no, I, I stabbed that guy on the street. What about it? <laughs> and people defend him like, ah, oh, he didn't really mean that. That was just a joke, even though he put posted a video on Twitter and on YouTube and on Facebook. And he's like smiling and being like, I stabbed the guy. So it, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's insane, honestly, because there are several cases that have happened with that. And I think there's a, a specific example that I can think of actually, mm -hmm. like not naming creators or anything, but there was a few incidents the past few, like year on YouTube where people were accused of, per and that's another thing too, that ties into it. There've been a few specific incidents where people have been called out publicly for cheating or for having an affair of sorts with like multiple other people and whatnot oh, when they were goodness. currently in a relationship with another big YouTuber. And I think you know what I think you know what I'm referring to specifically. Oh, but to for the just Google it everybody. You'll trust me, you'll you will find it. But again, without giving these people credit because it's all what the hell's wrong with you. Right. But in general, though, these people, that's another thing that adds to the drama. People bringing personal issues that happen in their lives and making them into YouTube videos, both for, I think, business practices. But I think no matter what the motivation is, it is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. If you have an interaction with another YouTuber and you're both very popular, streamers, content creators, whatever, and you guys have a bad fight or you have a breakup or someone got caught cheating, as scummy as that is, that is not a good idea to air your dirty laundry out on Twitter or make a YouTube video about it because right. that leads to unnecessary drama, at least unnecessary attacks, and it leads to multiple people getting canceled. And people may not think it's a big uh, big deal, 
People have lost their jobs and in some cases lives over it, as well as their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. It's never a good idea to air your personal lives out, especially over something stupid like, oh, he he didn't buy me a uh, chocolate. No, I'm gonna I'm pissed. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna write about it on Twitter. <laughs> it, it's stupid. It is stupid. It's but stupid. I mean, people do it. Yeah, and that's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And I hate I hate to see it anywhere. Um, especially that kind of stuff, relationship things. Like especially keep those keep those. Keep that stuff private. It's between you and the other person. It's not the whole internet's, you know, uh, business. What you do in your personal life, especially with relationships, like that stuff, should be handled behind the scenes. Um, and that is, that's also kind of the the responsibility of the content creator in general. Like just keeping your personal life in check and not making and making sure you're not leaking that kind of stuff out on the internet. Now, I understand in some cases when it comes to like, uh, you know, deaths in the family or something like that, because I know Mark or even Jack um, or Sean, I should say has been they've been open about that stuff and uh over the years but only because it has affected their content and that's why they're, and they're explaining hey this is why i haven't posted for a while and um usually usually for them it ends up going towards in the in the terms of like you know charity of like hey give to this family member because they just uh like for mark he yeah. lost his niece i remember a few years ago um and he um I don't think I don't think he necessarily uh, asked for donations, but he asked for well wishes being to be sent to um, that his uh, the niece's dad, and the, the fans did it. You know that that's a case of personal that where their personal business comes into play, but mm. it's not like he's not describing every little single thing that happened. Um, but oh, sorry, there's another one in my head. Uh, Sean was dating. What was no. what is her name? Wishu? Wish 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 wish. Yeah, Wishu. Yeah. And they both were, they both said publicly that they would not, that, you know, people should not, you know, worry about it or anything like that and kind of mind their own business. But, you know, people dig anyway, because yay internet. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they're not both getting, still getting comments on that stuff. I'm sure she might be, I don't know why the, the women are always attacked more on that case, but uh, I hope not. But that is another case of, you know, kind of, but that's, that's simple. That was simplistic. They were just like, Hey, we're not together anymore. They didn't make, you know, big deal about it. They're just like, we're not together anymore. Just yeah. don't, co- don't comment about it. It, it, it kind of goes back to that idea too, of YouTube, when it comes to like what you mentioned before, like the creator's responsibility and whatnot to kind of mend the lines, so to speak, between what kind of content that they're constantly producing, yet making sure their personal lives are in check. Right. Because a lot of people, like I mentioned before, like to combine both personal issues and content together to create videos calling somebody out publicly over the internet. And I think that's another thing that, and I don't think those YouTubers, which leads me to another point, realize exactly what kind of ramifications that has. No matter if it's true or not, no matter how minor or major, there have been cases, especially recently here on YouTube within the past few years, again, not naming specific cases, but trust me, I'm sure you know, Goof, and I'm sure plenty of you guys watching mm-hmm. or listening, rather, have ideas of that as well, where you, some fans are very passionate about the YouTubers they watch, and that's fantastic to love a creator and enjoy watching their content and feel like you're interacting with them in a way that's not going to their house and like bothering them or something. But 
when it comes down to it, there are some creators out there that when they get involved in a big drama scandal, they don't realize that the audience members are a little too passionate. Whereas people will go out of their way to not only harass them over social media or call them out or try and get their channel taken down by emailing YouTube or falsely striking their videos. Mm -hmm. There are people that have gone to the extreme of finding where these people live or leaking their personal information and just trying to ruin their day or their lives, showing up to their house and harassing them or leaking like, oh, here's their phone number and the social security number. Oh, here, Twitter, have fun with it. Yeah. That stuff is a big thing that those content creators don't think about when they make these stupid drama videos. Mm -hmm. It's it's terrible. Yeah, for them, it's a it's an in the moment thing. They're like, oh, easy views, people are gonna love this because it's drama. But yeah, like people, the fans, there are some very very smart uh, fans out there who know about how to find IP addresses and how to find out where somebody lives. Um, and if you combine that with passion over you know over one YouTuber, like and and let them get hurt or let them you know be upset by somebody else and you know it's almost game over but you're risking you're putting somebody else's life and livelihood and personal life just at risk because you decide to air your dirty laundry out there like that like like you said and that's you just can't do that you, you just can't do that um and it's it's the ugly it's i call it it is the ugly side of, of youtube and one side i wish youtube would do more to try and uh get rid of and try to you know kind of at least mediate these kind of things a little bit better than they do because they the drama side of youtube it it remain it remains kind of unchecked at least as far as I, i'm concerned um from from my perspective it seems kind of quite unchecked because people can just make videos about whoever i can go call out markiplier and say you know years ago back in like 2015 he, he tried to stab me or something like that and go get him canceled he didn't do that to, to make that clear <laughs> i'd never met this man before yeah, in my I, life <laughs> trust me i think i don't think anyone's gonna believe that you actually met markiplier and he tried to stab you in the middle of the street yeah. in a dark alleyway <laughs> i don't think anyone's gonna believe that don't worry about that <laughs> that's, that's good I don't, I don't i don't need his people coming after me i don't i'd like not to get wow you, we really saved markiplier's <laughs> reputation tonight it was definitely in danger <laughs> when we were covering this podcast because <laughs> everyone was definitely gonna believe that Oh, the, five, but, the five people that listen are like, yeah, I, I need all of you to go and attack him right now. God. The, the stupid thing is, they're really, there are people that are that dumb. And that's the thing, too. Like I said, it, it's crazy. That's the thing, because YouTube, despite all the things that they have done here on the platform to try and desensitize people, I mean, they basically desensitize people to drama and whatnot to try and cancel it so to speak there are creators on this platform that have flourished because youtube is insistent on defending them or even backing them up in some cases there's one creator again will not name because his name does not deserve to be given any more clout so to speak than what he already has right. there's a certain youtuber on this platform that lost a tv show he lost a bunch of money lost some ad revenue because of a certain major incident that happened that was really messed up mm -hmm. but what happened after this youtuber started getting really big and his name started getting quote-unquote cleared up in certain sporting events got his show back made a movie got ad revenue back made a ton of money and channel is still being promoted to this day despite what youtube has initially done and that's just a primary example right there. There are plenty of examples of creators that YouTube has declared that they are done with or that they have nixed shows on and whatnot. And they just completely go back on it later on just because these people, because they see them as profitable for sponsors. And that's exactly the kind of thing YouTube has been prioritizing. No matter what kind of content somebody has made, no matter how many careers have been destroyed, prime example, drama alert, um, these people are still on the platform and YouTube promotes them because of ad revenue. 
because of sponsorships, people investing money into YouTube. It has become more of a business thing than caring more about the people that are being affected by the drama. Um, and that's yeah. exactly what it's come down to. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch on Twitch for a little bit because I've this is where I, I have the knowledge and and I've seen this happen before many many times. Yeah, go for it. Um, and this is where YouTube and Twitch kind of uh, kind of shake hands. I, I it, you know metaphorically, not 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 actually, but the same thing happens over on Twitch plenty of times. Um, I've I've been witness to some things, and then I've heard some things over you know Twitter news and whatnot. But many many times, has Twitch and small cre- small content creators are open about this as well. They've spilled the information. Um, Twitch lets big streamers get away with a lot. We've had big streamers drop racial slurs clearly on their channels and get nothing but a, a two day ban or something. We've had slip like nudity slips and things like that no real repercussions for that and then um but those are just some some examples um now we compare that to what you know what you were talking about with with how that went because that was a much i I (laughs) consider that a much bigger situation um losing a whole show yeah and and Uh um the channel still being promoted it's like okay it's it's the same thing youtube and twitch even though granted twitch is mostly uh controlled by amazon these days because of prime and whatnot and it is just business like at this point it's just business they don't really care as long as you're making them money they don't really care you start all the drama you want do whatever you want but you if you if you're making us money we're gonna give you just you know slight slight slaps on the wrist we're just not gonna really do much to you here's a two-day ban but you'll be back later to continue your your streak of terror and whatnot um but it doesn't matter you know how the fans feel or anything like that how the audience feels it doesn't matter how other creators feel about this um and even with well that's that's a different thing that's a different topic we're not going to get in that right now that's for another day um but that alone kind of just shows what what these what these companies both like look for in their content like it's 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 terrible and it's sad and it's the reason why i i don't i don't hold back when i say i dislike youtube and i dislike the way twitch they i dislike the way they operate and in some cases i'll go as far as say like sometimes i hate them um but at this point you know i i don't care because i'm not monetized on youtube and twitch twitch can kick a bucket or something i don't really <laughs> i don't really know i I'm, I'm quite i'm quite evil and cynical when it comes to when it comes to uh Twitch and YouTube and talking about them. I'm, I have, I'm not shy at all. I have, I have zero, zero hesitation when it comes to talking about these guys, especially what since what YouTube did um, and how they failed to rectify the situation. But you know, small YouTube, small community. So who cares about me? So that's why I can kind of say that. But you, on the other hand, I'd, I'll, I'll encourage you not to do that. You make good content, uh, stuff, so I need you around. I, I do appreciate that much. My stance on YouTube, when it came, when it comes to major issues and whatnot, I remember like years past, I've made quite a few videos talking about different things YouTube has tried to pull within. It's mostly been surrounding the small YouTuber community because when it comes down to it, as smaller as each of us are small creators here in this wide com- widening community, mm-hmm. which we're both very passionate about what we say when it comes to a youtuber like pewdiepie scale when something like that happens i'm not saying it doesn't matter because in some small way it does i think in the minds of at least one person that might see it but our main thing is with 
creator community because the small YouTube community has been affected severely over the past several years, especially by YouTube's changing policies, algorithms, and definitely their video promotion. I've noticed this very frequently over the past while, where a lot of small creators that I respect and I love watching videos from have left just because their videos aren't getting promoted. YouTube doesn't like their content. They get taken down. If you don't, by the way, for those of you out there who think that, oh, you know what, I'm 100 subscribers, you know, if I upload some random, like, movie clip or something, it doesn't matter. YouTube's not going to care. Oh, yeah, they will. YouTube will take your video down. It's happened. I've seen plenty of posts in the small YouTube community where it's happened and there are a few videos that again they face the same issues they get their videos taken down for false reasons they get their videos not promoted by youtube because they don't like their content or they're not that big mm -hmm. and how does youtube expect these people to grow if they keep hindering them at every turn yep. if they keep hurting their small creators it's not going to help anyone grow and it's definitely and that in turn, it's a terrible precedence for major YouTubers because the unfortunate thing about small creators are if a big YouTuber gets hacked or they have some kind of big attack, they have connections. They have connections with the creators. They have connections on their social medias. They know people that can help them out. What do small creators have? Nothing. Because YouTube has messed over many different channels I've seen in the past and different creators have left in part due to that. Right. Um, and also... I don't know the exact number, but uh, it's 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 kind of clear to see if you if you if you are a small content creator, you will notice that small content creators actually make up the majority of YouTube because uh, there are a lot of videos collectively between all of us. Maybe not by each individual person, but we we are technically the majority on YouTube because most of us have I mean like under a hundred thousand subscribers, or at least under let's go even under a thousand subscribers. There are tons of small content creators that are under a thousand subscribers that that suffer through this kind of thing. Um and 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 it's and it's shameful on YouTube, especially when they change their um their policy on to get to their the, the road to get monetized because it used to be when I started that you could make videos on YouTube and you just had to have an AdSense account and that's how you got monetized. You can immediately put put uh, ads on your videos with no minimum requirement, just like Twitch. If you wanted, I mean, well, Twitch has a requirement, but it's it's a, such a low requirement. It's easy to reach. But with with YouTube, it's like you have to have a thousand subscribers and four thousand hours of watch time within what is it the year? I think something like that. I think the new policy with YouTube now is it's a. Let me see here. You have to have a thousand subscribers, uh, four thousand. I think it's like four thousand hours watch time, or something like that. And uh, then you have to have a certain number of videos that are watched for like a certain time period, like at least a few minutes or so. And then, to, which is insane. Um, but to have that done, I think uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, it is. I believe the. Uh... The time frame for all that to have to happen is like within the year, so it's like, it's like YouTube. Why you really like? And I and I so first I can partially defend it, um, for the sake of like, pe making it, you know, making sure you're dedicated to this kind of thing, um, especially if you're like making you want you know you're wanting to do this as a career. Like yeah, I would I would uh, I would be like okay, that's maybe that's fine, but I would still lessen the requirements because. Getting to a thousand subscribers in a year for a lot of people is not the easiest thing to do, considering how many people have been on the platform for, you know, five years, six years and still haven't gotten there, even with consistent uploads, even with, you know, uh, decent quality content. So I, it's I, I, don't, I don't I've been here for a while. I still haven't gotten even close to there. 
Um, but then again, I dropped off, but other people who have been here still haven't gotten there yet. You know, Purple Torch Gaming, a, a person that I have had uh, the pleasure of knowing for these these years, she, I don't think she's, I think she got to like 900. Um, but there it is, real, my recent search history. Okay, that's not the person I was looking for, but she hasn't uh, reached that that height. And that was insane. And she's been on the site longer than I have. To see her not reach a, reach a thousand subscribers, I'm like, YouTube, how do you expect this to happen? With Twitch, though, Twitch's requirements are low. Low bar. Three average viewers. That's not asking much from a person who just started streaming. You know, you stream seven different days in the week. Not a hard requirement to meet. And then getting to 50 followers, that uh, takes some time, but it doesn't take that long. It wouldn't take you a whole your year to get that done and once you hit that 50 followers like that that's done you know you don't have to meet that requirement anymore you just have to worry about getting the hours and then the viewers but that's a very easy and um and a very feasible goal for somebody who is a who wants to start streaming um and i i'm i'm getting close to being affiliate but for youtube i i can't possibly imagine myself getting there it'd take years for me to get there at this point Especially now trying to be, you know, trying to do, especially if you want to do gaming, because that's something that you are passionate about, you you still have to really, really work for that. And even you, uh, you've, you've not gotten there just yet. So that honestly is, it's something, something interesting to me. It's one of those things here on YouTube where I think the goal of it was a lot more simple back in the day, especially when there were less people on the platform, and it was more fun, you more diverse to be able to make what you wanted there. Now, granted, there were certain parameters that you shouldn't cross, especially when it comes to making jokes or, frankly, anything else offensive for that matter. Right. But nowadays, yeah, for like I know my channel, for example, I've been doing YouTube for four or five years now. I would say you're going on five years. Um, the content shift for me kind of was part of the reason why I didn't really upload as much on the boss. And quite frankly, I think that might may have impacted me not like getting to one K and honestly, for the amount of time that I haven't uploaded, the ch state of the channel is better than what you might expect mm -hmm. when it comes to like the number of people still there and the sub count and everything else. But I think the content shift for me, as well as making different types of videos and whatnot helped because I'm growing this other channel that I've been doing for my retro stuff. But the funny thing is with all of that is YouTube just it seems like it goes against the small creators because a lot of my videos I remember back in the day as well like they did very well like I started growing a fan base yep. there were videos that did very well with sketches whether it be like the occasional game review I did or anything else for that matter but as the years went on it seemed like no matter how hard that you might work at it it's like you're trying to climb uphill but YouTube keeps tossing more rocks at you trying to derail you it seems like because those videos yeah, boulders. Yeah, those videos aren't being promoted anymore. Subscribers, and that's another issue YouTube has had too. Their system is terrible because, and that's another thing that could be very dangerous either to small YouTubers' growth or an aspiring YouTuber who's starting to make money. But if YouTube system doesn't work, like notifying people of videos, because that's an issue that I've had with um, videos in the past that I've made on DeBoss, and even with the nostalgia factor, because I've tested it myself in the past. And YouTube does not notify people of videos half the time, and I don't think they do it nowadays either with a lot of the people who subscribe to certain YouTube channels. And I, that's an, that leads into a different thing, too. YouTube having the so... The, I don't know if you've heard of this 
YouTube, but there is the quote-unquote YouTube blacklist conspiracy. Mm. Where certain channels on YouTube, no matter what kind of incident it might be, big or warranted, they have an underlying list that they keep these creators on where they deliberately don't promote their videos or they don't put ads on them or not as many ads. I don't know if they have a specific list, but there is... YouTube definitely has favoritism, and that's a big problem YouTube has had as well. Whether or not you believe in that theory, one thing's for sure, YouTube, like the example Goof gave earlier with Twitch, favors certain creators, and I don't mean types of creators, I mean certain content creators, period. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's... that's, that's... That is really true. Like that's, and it's a disappointing truth. Um, but it is, it is true. Um, what you're saying before, though, they're not promoting their videos. Yeah, that, that earlier in the show when I said they they lost, they they said this. Like this is not some speculation that you know I found on Twitter or Facebook. YouTube came out and was like, yeah, we don't know what our algorithm is doing anymore. We don't have control over it. And I'm like, how even? Do you, how, how do you let it slip like that? Your own, your own software, your own algorithm for your own platform. How do you not, how are you not in control of this thing? Did it get, did it become sentient and grow legs and just started, you know, bossing you all around? Like, uh, no, I'm going to do my own thing here. I mean, I guess technically that's what it did, but, uh, essentially that's just, just, it's, 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 it's insane. To, when I heard that, I was like, you're serious? You guys, this is not April Fools. You're 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 serious that you lost control of your own algorithm, and that does screw over a lot of small content creators. Because if your video doesn't get a lot of uh, of views, it doesn't get a lot of interest, then well, you're gonna be stuck in the shadows. You know, I because even you could even do the right, the you can even have the the best thumbnails or maybe even you know the best tags, and your your video still may not get promoted. And your content can be great. You can be a small, but if you're if you're a small YouTuber, they're probably not going to get you. They tend to miss a lot of small YouTubers, even even the good ones, um, like the ones I've mentioned. Those videos don't get promoted that often, and so it's 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 a tragic uh, it's a tragic cycle that small YouTubers have to go through of constantly being rejected at every turn. And and I hate to see anybody go through this, especially if you're now just starting this kind of journey. It's you got to kind of have the stomach for it nowadays because if because back in the day you could just start uploading and you get tons of views for even the crappiest content i remember i uploaded a a video of a uh, pixelated dragon ball z game and that somehow hit like over 300 views and i'm like how and it was with a crappy software recording that i had no idea what i was doing that was the first gameplay video and somehow that did really well so uh, but over the years obviously it's it's just it's gotten it's gotten a lot harder. And I feel I feel for the for the small community. I really do. Yeah, and honestly, I think that kind of goes back to what you were saying too, because a lot of the people who do YouTube and whatnot don't realize. Can you hear me, by the way? Yes. Okay, you can. Okay, great. I was just making sure. I thought your recorder cut out there for a second. <laughs> so yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I think that kind of goes back to the idea, too, of like what made YouTube great in the first place. YouTube had a lot more passion when it came to that kind of thing. But 
when it came down to certain specific incidents within the YouTube scene, YouTube started to focus a lot more on the revenue side of things as well as keeping the advertisers happy. And that's a big thing that has messed over a lot of creators because of the emphasis on advertisers. Now, advertisers are the backbone of YouTube in a big way. Um, That's what helps supply a lot of creators with their revenue through ads, companies who pay to have those ads on their videos, and as a result, the creators end up getting the money from that. At least in theory, that's that's how it's supposed to work as far as the ad side of things goes. Mm -hmm. The more ads you have, the better money you get as far as AdSense goes, not counting watch time or any of that other stuff. But the emphasis on it has ironically kind of backfired in a few ways because YouTube's emphasis on um, like investors and whatnot, like other big companies, have also led to YouTube promoting celebrities. A big thing that YouTube did, I remember the last like year or two, was celebrities like Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel or Jay Lino and whatnot. In the YouTube recommended scene, I remember there was a lot of creators, both small creators that ended up getting big exposure on videos, was through the YouTube recommended section, for example. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, because YouTube's favoring this different change of genre, the big thing now is promoting celebrities, people who don't need the money, they don't need the exposure, but they're the ones that you see on the front headlines of every YouTube page in existence. And they've really changed that too. They now focus on promoting celebrities who are multimillionaires and famous already, rather than that one creator that might get their big break from being exposed that way. Right. And I, and I, and I have to question it sometimes because I, I sometimes wonder, is it, is it because they, because just like Twitch, you know, Amazon uh, now owns twitch is it because google and youtube are now you know or now i mean they've been partnered and been connected for for a long time now uh but now more than ever google does have a huge huge influence uh on youtube but is that the reason why this is happening because youtube still has its own hq and so they still operate um you know on their own terms but does Google is 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 Google influencing just like just like Twitch's decisions are influenced by Amazon's like heavily because Amazon makes a lot of money and Amazon stock is does quite well. Is Google having the same effect on YouTube? Very well could be, especially with like the growing industry and whatnot, because what Google basically bought up YouTube and they were the main reason that a lot of companies and whatnot came to YouTube in the first place, which I'll give credit where credit's due there. If it wasn't for Google being involved with the company, I don't know if they would have evolved as big as they are because Google is one of the biggest companies in existence and probably will ever exist. But I think it's because of that, that they, I think it's like a deal with the devil's type of situation. It's like they made a deal with Google and they made a bunch of money and they got a lot of companies involved and they grew the platform. But as a result of growing the platform, they're also pushing away the people that are on there and the quality of the site itself has gone down so much, whether it be relationship relations with the creators, whether it be the algorithm, whether it be video promotion or just ad revenue in general being distributed to the creators who make the site big. I don't think YouTube realizes that, that, you can have all the advertisers you want, but if you have nothing to advertise on your site, i.e. the creators, if you push for the creators, you don't have anything. Exactly. Because that's exactly why people use YouTube. It's That's like stabbing yourself. Like, what's the point? You're just hurting yourself in the process. By pushing away the creators, which is exactly what they've been doing over the past while, they're hurting themselves. And I don't think they realize that. Yeah, I mean that is the truth. Like we, we, the we, the creators, small, big, we are YouTube. Like we're the ones who make up YouTube. If it wasn't for you know content creators at all, like what, there's nothing there. You just have a YouTube site, you know. So uh, that does that does confuse me. Um, but it is it's 
it's it definitely so it definitely has changed um and you know we can only obviously we can hope and uh that we that 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 changes for the better that as more changes come that they that they start you know hopefully one day they'll realize you know mistakes and start improving things but as big corporations go you know how that goes money first you know quality second so but it has been fun it has been good and we definitely did did have a a a good uh and decent talk and oh yeah and honestly uh obviously at some point i'll have you back on because you just seem to be a reoccurring guest every now and then. Um, <laughs> this seems to be tr- tradition here on the yeah, Goof Norton podcast. Yeah, we're going to bring him back like every year now. Once a year, we're just going to bring him back. <laughs> um, have an annual special. Because <laughs> yeah, this because I don't really, the podcast don't get, it's been like an hour and nine minutes now. And uh, the podcast usually don't get this long anymore. But this is, when, you, when you're having good talk and good conversation, this is what happens. So this will hopefully. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this will go up on on YouTube, and this will be on the other platforms. It'll be on Anchor and Spotify for you guys who are listening. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know the rest. I will leave the links to both of his channels down below. Uh, check them out. They, there are there is some really good content on there. Check out those old sketches too. Check check out the the milk. <laughs> you you got to see the milk because honestly. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> those those were those were funny. Those were actually funny. Uh, beef. Be forewarned, there was a very different form of content I made back then. Just be prepared. So much, it's all I'm going to say. So much. Gold. Be ready. <laughs> uh, but but thank you once again for for putting up with me for an hour and joining me here on the show. Um, I do appreciate it. Hey, it's never a problem, man. I love doing these. You're, I, these podcasts are absolutely awesome to do. Goof's a good friend of mine here on the platform. I've known him for years. We've done plenty of collaborations in the past, especially this podcast. And I just love doing these videos. I love talking with Goof. We get in some great conversations. And he's just a great guy. So I love doing these. Uh, and so, and I, 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 do, I do appreciate that. It is good to know that you know, people are still kind of enjoying this this thing that um i just happened to put together some some years ago and i i do my best i do my best to make sure people are enjoying the content um and that's why i bring on guests and whatnot every now and then so i appreciate everybody for listening for sticking around if you did stick around this long thank you um you can check out all of DeBoss's links in the in the description below wherever you find this on youtube or whatever other platform and uh, yes make sure you check out his stuff please yeah. Um, and yeah, come come back anytime. I really don't care. I, I will be here. <laughs> That's like the Goof Norton philosophy. I just don't care. You just do don't whatever care you anymore. want. YouTube pissed yeah. me off. Twitch has pissed me off. Everybody just made me upset. So I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for the content. <laughs> there you go. I'm here. For, I'm here to make whatever dang content I want. <laughs> screw you guys but that's all i got uh anything else you want to say to the people before we go um honestly just want to say thank you guys for watching this video um check out some of the other videos that goof's done in the past whether or not like i was in them for example the quality may vary but no seriously though (laughs) go and check out all of goof's stuff he does some great stuff thank you all for watching this video i hope you guys learned something about 
the YouTube landscape from the perspective of two small creators and more experienced creators because we've been on here for some time. But hopefully you guys learned something and kind of get some insight into not how YouTube currently is, but hopefully some ways they can improve for the future. But other than that, guys, uh, thank you so much for watching, and uh, it was awesome doing this with you. Yeah, awesome doing it with you, too. Uh, remember that love is patient, everybody, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.